0: Once again, we count it a privilege to welcome you to another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak. Today, we'll hear another message in the life and earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, a series preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns shortly. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, as found in his collection called Morning and Evening. Our text for today is found in Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 33. I will be their God. Christian, here is all thou canst require. To make thee happy thou wantest something that shall satisfy thee. And is not this enough? If thou canst pour this promise into thy cup, wilt thou not say with David, My cup runneth over, I have more than heart can wish? When this is fulfilled, I am thy God, art thou not possessor of all things? Desire is insatiable as death, but he who filleth all in all can fill it. The capacity of our wishes who can measure, but the immeasurable wealth of God can more than overflow it? I ask thee if thou art not complete when God is thine. Dost thou want anything but God? Is not his all-sufficiency enough to satisfy thee if all else should fail? But thou wantest more than quiet satisfaction. Thou desirest rapturous delight. Come, soul, here is music fit for heaven in this thy portion, For God is the maker of heaven. Not all the music blown from sweet instruments Or drawn from living strings Can yield such melody as this sweet promise, I will be their God. Here is a deep sea of bliss, A shoreless ocean of delight. Come, bathe thy spirit in it, SWIM IN AGE, AND THOU SHALT FIND NO SHORE, DIVE THROUGHOUT ETERNITY, AND THOU SHALT FIND NO BOTTOM, I WILL BE THEIR GOD. IF THIS DO NOT MAKE THINE EYES SPARKLE, AND THY HEART BEAT HIGH WITH BLISS, THEN ASSUREDLY THY SOUL IS NOT IN A HEALTHY STATE. BUT THOU WANTEST MORE THAN PRESENT DELIGHTS. THOU CRAVEST SOMETHING CONCERNING WHICH THOU MAYEST EXERCISE HOPE. AND WHAT MORE CANST THOU HOPE FOR THAN THE FULFILLMENT OF THIS GREAT PROMISE, I WILL BE THEIR GOD. This is the masterpiece of all promises. Its enjoyment makes a heaven below, and will make a heaven above. Dwell in the light of thy Lord, and let thy soul be always ravished with his love. Get out the marrow and fatness which this portion yields thee. Live up to thy privileges, and rejoice with unspeakable joy. Among the great classics of Christian literature, A.W. Tozer's The Pursuit of God is remarkable for its impact on the lives of countless believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. The product of a lifelong passion for knowing God in an intimate, soul-refreshing relationship, this small volume exposes the roadblocks that keep us from fully knowing God, reveals our responsibility of the pursuit, and ultimately leads us into the very presence of God himself. Some of the chapter titles include Following Hard After God, Restoring the Creator-Creature Relation, and The Sacrament of Living. As you read and study Tozer's Penetrating Insights, you will learn the meaning of Paul's words in Philippians 3, verse 10, That I May Know Him. Let the Bible Speak is pleased to offer complete reprints of this timeless devotional help, free of charge, for your copy of The Pursuit of God You may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. You may email info at org. That's info at org. If you wish, you may simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your free copy of The Pursuit of God, and we'll be glad to provide it. Bible speak, Dr. Cairns continues to deal with the miracle of Christ walking on the water. Following the feeding of the 5,000, the Lord Jesus sent the people away. In their excess of zeal, they wanted to make him king, but one in their own conception. He commanded the disciples to sail across the Sea of Galilee, partly to deliver them from the crowd's error, but also to teach them something of himself. At the point of their great fear— He came to them walking on the water. So it is with Christ's people to this day. Sometimes He brings us into trials and afflictions to show us that He is greater than anything we may face. The disciples learned what they should have already known, that Christ is indeed the Son of God. Now Dr. Cairns brings the next portion of this message, Christ walking on the water.
1: We can find reasons for everything to take the place of prayer. We can find every excuse not to pray. We turn what should be a free speaking, dynamic interchange of words from us to God and opening our heart for His word to us. We turn that into something cold, mechanical, forced. We do it because we feel guilty if we don't do it. We pray against the clock. We pray for the sake of the sound of the words. May God come and help us really to pray. You don't need me to teach you how to pray. You simply need to pray. But I don't know the words. We'll tell the Lord that. I have no doubt you can think of many things for which to praise God. Tell the Lord that. I have no doubt you have a multitude of things that you would like to ask of God. If you've got to write them down to keep them in mind, then write them down. Do not fall for the fallacy that has cursed uh, evangelicalism for far too long that all prayer must be so extemporaneous that you can't even write down before God what you want to pray for. Rubbish and nonsense. Whatever help you need to be able to bring those things to God, if you've got to think it through before you get on your knees, think it through. But bring it to God and let us pray and never let us lose sight of the great necessity in our praying to pray for the power of God. That's the very outstanding, overarching truth that you find in the gospel record of this event of Christ walking on the water and enabling Peter to do the same. Now, as we come to the narrative itself, there's an outstanding truth that is perplexing, not when you read it in the Bible, but it's perplexing when you run across it in your own life. And that is that the Lord Jesus deliberately, willfully, knowingly sent his disciples right into the teeth of a fierce storm. The storm didn't take the Lord Jesus by surprise. It was not an unexpected event. He knew exactly, but he sent them into it all the same and second, when they were suffering physically. If you have never pulled a pair of oars, you maybe don't fully understand the tiredness. I was never an oarsman, But in another one of my crazy moments, I remember taking my then-girlfriend you see her smiling, out into, we would call it Bangor Bay. It's part of Belfast Lock, which is really an inlet of the ocean. And uh, I got in there, of course, I had no more idea how to row, but I'd seen other people do it, and it's dead easy, isn't it? I put the oars in, and the sea was fairly calm, to be quite honest. Get out there. And those days, I thought I was fairly fit. I could play rugby. Well... I could run up and down a rugby pitch. Uh, Not say I was much good at this stuff, but I could play rugby. You had to be, if you ever look at a rugby scrum, you had to be fit and you had to be strong to be binding into the front row there and uh, to be, hate to use this word for Americans, have perverted it entirely. In English, it's a position in the front row of a rugby scrum. Here, it's a very rotten word, but you're called the hooker. And so I'm in there and I thought I was fit. We could out. And I can tell you, I suddenly discovered there's fitness and fitness. And I discovered that there's, there's great pressure in there when you stick those oars in the water. And as we got away way out, and Joan will tell you, even in swimming, I hate to be out of my depth. I don't mind going down in an aircraft if I have to, but I hate the thought of sinking in a boat or swimming or whatever. I don't want to die by drowning. They say it's nice, but I haven't yet experienced <laughs> I haven't yet experienced it to prove it so I have no idea but I can tell you just when you feel all the energy green out of your arms and you push with your legs and you you wonder can I push again and you see the shore a great way off and you know there's a couple of hundred feet of very uninviting water and I'm not going to be able to walk in that water a little terrifying that's where the disciples were only these were men. These were men. Their body was drained of strength and they were there because they were obeying the word of Christ. If ever you want a proof of the utter lying of the so-called prosperity theology, here it is. So often we're led to believe if you're not making it, if you're not progressing, if you're not successful, if you're not getting rich, if you're not doing this and doing that, then it's because you're not obeying God. Listen, you'll find in your life again and again, and it may perplex you, but you'll find it's true, that the Lord Jesus will put you into the storm. Not because you're disobedient, he put you there through your obedience— But remember this, it will be true of you as it was true of them. The Lord Jesus put them into the storm in order to keep them back from an even greater danger. For remember on shore, the danger from which he delivered them was the danger of being sucked in to that mad mass of Jewish frenzy that wanted to overthrow the purpose of God and install Christ as a king in opposition to the Romans. The Lord Jesus knows us better than we know ourselves. Just remember when he's letting you be afflicted in one way, however difficult that may be, it is to save you from a greater danger in another way. I think that if we could only see the secret purpose of God We would understand that what he was doing with the disciples was nothing unusual. It is actually the usual for the people of God. How often the Lord keeps us back from things we're not even aware of dangers we have never even conceived, pitfalls we have never seen, foreseen, or even if we'd looked behind us, we wouldn't even have the hindsight to see them. And yet, he is directing our paths. Sometimes he leads us in ways that are so difficult we can't understand, but the reality is he's doing this in order to save us from something a whole lot worse, because in this storm, he's going to do something great. And that's true of every storm of life. And the storm only gets bad when you fly in the face of God. When you make the storm, forget that this is the Lord directing and this is the Lord overruling and this is the Lord actually showing his love and his protection and he's molding my life in a way that I don't understand but faith tells me it's keeping me back from something far worse. When you forget that and you fly in the face of God and you say, why do you do this? That's when the storm can damage you. It's not the storm that damages you from the outside. It's the storm of unbelief and bitterness that you create on the inside. That's what does the damage. Because in the storm, the Lord Jesus intends to teach his disciples about himself. He had shown them himself, had he not, in the feeding of the 5,000, but they didn't consider it. So now he brings them to a new situation where they will consider. He shows them himself and shows them what they had missed, even in the miracle and the mercies that he'd already reduced them to. And that's just like the Savior. In every storm, there is a new sight of Christ. Amid the waves of affliction, There is a new experience of Christ that will actually bring us to worship. I've mentioned this before, but I'll do it again because John Douglas was here just last week. As I said, John and Joan and I go back a long time. I was preaching in his pulpit as a student minister, I was there in his pulpit in Porto Vogue. on the Sunday in 1960. We got a phone call to say that his wife, Margaret, had died, was it two days after the birth of their little girl? For a young man in his early 20s, that was a shattering blow. In the newspaper, he inserted the notice of Margaret's death, and to that notice he added a verse of Scripture, which to some stupid, carnal wretches sounded unfeeling, but that I knew came out of dark, long hours of seeking the face of God. And that verse said, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. That was not lightly written. I will never forget the day of that funeral. And again, I saw some other stupid people walk up to that open grave and look down upon that casket and take that young man's hand to try to preach him a sermon. As I say, John and I were best friends. I shook his hand very briefly. No more than a second or two and marched on. For the truth is, he saw nothing, and he heard nothing. But he had met with God, and in that awful storm, he had a new sight of Christ, and a new understanding of sovereign grace and wisdom. And God proved it right. Until that moment, John Douglas was a supremely able and godly young man. From that moment, he was a spiritual giant, a preacher anointed with the power of God, whose preaching melted hearts and won hundreds upon hundreds for Christ. There's a new sight of Christ in every storm. There's a new experience of grace in every affliction. And I want you to see this. The waters were bidding to swallow up the disciples. Jesus walked on top of the waters. Now, let me make this very clear. This is history, not myth. All the modernistic garbage that tries to explain away this miracle is so ridiculous as to make you laugh. I remember we had a modernist in Belfast, a very learned idiot, who told us Jesus didn't really walk in the waters, he was paddling by the seashore, and uh, the reality is that in the mistiness, the disciples thought he was walking in the waters. First of all, if the lunatic had ever gone to the Sea of Galilee, you'll find you don't just paddle by the seashore. Anybody who's ever been there will tell you that. If you even want to go swimming, you've got to find some place that's either man-made or has a little natural shelf to let you do it, and they have to rope it off. If you take another step, you'll be dabbed. That's If you can't swim, you'll be engulfed in a deep hole. It's not a place for paddling along the seashore. It's not Myrtle Beach Strand. Furthermore, the idea of these big brawny seamen Within a few feet of the shore, still trying to row their way out of trouble, you know, and crying out for fear, the whole thing is crazy. This happened as the Bible says it happened. It's history. But remember it's history with a message. And I want you to see this. What was bidding to engulf the disciples? Jesus put under his feet That's a picture I want you to take with you. The things that you think will engulf you they don't pause pose him any problem whatsoever. The things that worry us do not furrow the brow of the eternal. there are no wrinkles in the brow of God. He's not worried. And while it's true that things may engulf us, he has them under his feet. And I want you to see this, that where we, like Peter, will cry out to him, he'll enable us to put them under our feet. Now there'll come a time when he'll cause a great calm. But while we're still in the storm, he can enable us to walk upon the waves. He did it for Peter, and they can do it for us.
0: You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at 1-864-244-2408. one eight six four two four four two four zero eight. That's one eight six four two four four two four zero eight. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, dot fpcna.org that's www.fpcna.org this is charles kelch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we let the bible speak